You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Thanks for being here. Presumptive Republican nominee Donald Trump has become notorious on the campaign trail for a ubiquitous, if not ill-fitting, red baseball cap that reads... Make America Great Again. It's a campaign slogan that has become synonymous with his desire to build a following among disenfranchised Americans, Americans who see themselves as having lost control, having lost share of the economy, having lost cultural currency. But who is he appealing to with this slogan, and what is the era that they perceive as better than today? When was America greater. We want to hear from you. What's the year in American history or your personal history that you see as a nation we should aspire to be trying to recapture? Or is this great experiment known as America better today, even if it's imperfect, than it ever has been before? I wrote a column over the weekend in the Detroit Free Press about make America great again in the context of what Donald Trump is saying, in the context of sort of how I see history uh, and the, the, the sort of cultural evolution of this country. I want to hear from you about what you think about that slogan, about uh, the presidential campaign, about this whole idea of greatness, American greatness. 313-577-1019 is the number. 313-577-1019. And joining me now is Mark Kruman, a professor of history with a specialization in American history and the history of citizenship at Wayne State University. Mark, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, it's good to see you again. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm curious, first, what your sense of what Donald Trump's slogan says and what it means is. What is the idea behind Make America Great Again? And is there a legitimate way we could think of a time in the past, for instance, when America was better than it is now or uh, more more sort of at the top of, of the hill in, in some way? Well, I think that uh, greatness, uh, at least for Trump, is associated with power. And that speaks to uh, manufacturing power, the making of things. And I believe that that's why he emphasizes trade so much in his uh, in his campaign speeches, and the assertion of of military power, and it all speaks to a 1950s and 1960s uh, vision of greatness uh, that appeals to. A, a group of people, uh, obviously, we all know uh, middle-aged and older white men, and uh, those in, in, in that sense, those were glory days and were times of greatness, but what we mean by American greatness, though, is a, a lot more complicated yeah. because it's greatness in what way and greatness for whom. For whom. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, I, I accept the the premise that Trump is talking about this sort of manufacturing uh, behemoth that we that we created after the Second World War, which created uh, not just uh, large numbers of jobs, but of course a lot of wealth uh, in this country as well. 
and I guess that's uh, that's sort of the manifest message of of what he's what he's saying. But there's sort of a latent message beneath it that I think cuts in a very different way and in an exclusive way. Uh, if you're an African American, if you're a woman, if you're uh, an immigrant, th- these were great times for the economy. They weren't great times for the culture. Well, I think that it's it's actually more than latent and more than a subtext. <laughs> you feel like it's I all think over it's, it. It's actually uh, made explicitly, and uh, and I think that it's very much a a racial appeal, and it's been an explicit racial appeal. It's not uh, that that to say that is somehow uh, calling Trump out on things that he's hiding. It's actually describing what he's been saying and the people to whom he's been appealing. Yeah, yeah. So you feel like it's sort of a a dual message, right? One hearkening back to this manufacturing greatness at the same time, sort of embracing this idea that the country was still was culturally uh, better when it was more homogenous, when uh, different uh, different groups of people had fewer rights, less access to the things that were going well. Well, to the people he's appealing, yeah. uh, that I think is... There's a threat from that. That for them... They can look back to the 50s and 60s, and when they think they think of manufacturing greatness, they think of military power and leadership in the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a time that they can imagine when they were on top. And I think what's ironic in in some ways is that we can. It's hardly as if we see the decline in the power of white people in uh, in the United States. Certainly not numerically, right? Right. Uh, it's, very hard. <clears throat> it's very hard to come up with a set of statistics that would suggest that's true. Uh, at the same time, people feel, I think, very vulnerable and threatened. Uh, and, and it's easy to say, well, the reason you feel that way is because of uh, these ethnic minorities who now all of a sudden have more uh, more a piece of the of American freedom than they did have more economic opportunity well I think that in the end the uh, the appeal to what is clearly not just white men uh, but to the uned- uneducated white men Trump's phrase I love the uneducated uh, spoke, speaks directly to a declining opportunities for white men who could have gone into factory jobs. So, and now there are simply fewer factory jobs, partly due to trade, partly sure. due to technological change. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Mark Ruman, professor of history with a specialization in American history and the history of citizenship at Wayne State University. We're talking about Donald Trump's slogan, Make America Great Again. What does that mean? What does that mean when he says it? Uh, what is it m- intended to mean to the people he's speaking to? And what does it mean to those of us who hear 
spirit? Does it mean something different to different people? Is there an era that people think of as uh, the epitome of American greatness? Is it worthwhile for us to think about getting back to a time when things were quote-unquote better? And what does it mean to you? That's what we want to hear this hour. What is that era of American greatness in your mind? What are the things that you wish could be better, perhaps uh, by returning to something uh, that we used to do or have? 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to Tom in Northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, good morning to both of you. You know, Donald Trump's run a campaign based on xenophobia, misogynistic, and, and, and racism, and he's been he's fear mongered the whole while. I mean, you know, your your um, guest there referred to a time, you know, like during the fifties and the sixties when you know this economic boom was going on. But I mean, you know, when you come down to like things like civil rights and you know and, and civil liberties for that matter. Those were dark times for people of color. I mean, we were segregated. We couldn't drink out of the same water fountains. We had to go through the back doors. And, I mean, I think that's what Trump is, you know, that's the crowd of people that he's trying to appeal to. Because as your previous guest uh, talked about the angry white male and how, you know, his, his grandchildren are not like him anymore. And the bottom line is this. They are a dying breed, Okay. Um, there are more people, uh, as they mentioned about in terms of interracial marriage, there are more people who are, you know, basically willing to say, you know, it's one for all and all for one instead of, you know, this whole big old thing about slicing out sections and, you know, putting them over here and what's in for all the benefit of, like, me, okay? But this here is all, I mean, this campaign, like I said, Donald Trump's xenophobia, misogynism, racist, and fear-mongering. That's what he's done this whole thing. And how anybody, to me, how anybody could vote for this man in good conscience (laughs) and lay down and go to sleep at night it is beyond me, and I'm not yeah. going to try and figure it out. So, 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 Tom, yeah. I, I think you're a really interesting participant in this conversation because I because I know uh, uh, your approximate age, I guess, uh, and and I know that you were around for lots of the things that were not great for African Americans in the '50s and '60s. But at the same time, I I know I've heard you call. And, and talk about things that were better, even in the black community uh, at that time, in terms of uh, sort of community and uh, togetherness and uh, the, the intact nature of neighborhoods, even though they were segregated, uh, that, that, that you know, everyone sort of looked out for each other. How do, you, how do you reconcile those things in your mind when you hear something like make America great again? To me, America is still great. It has not fallen out of the category of, you know, greatness, okay? If anything, I mean, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's a living kind of like testament. It can get better, all right? Now, and I really seriously, truly believe that. And I think until we, until we can come together as, you know, and I don't mean, you know, like the, the muckety-mucks, the people up top, but like to down to the grassroots common people, and we can sit down and we can talk about this thing called racism, all right? And we can start working out and ironing that sheet of racism out to get all of those wrinkles and those cat faces out of there to make this thing better. 
I believe that's when we will be a much better nation than where we are right now. All right. Okay, Tom, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the call. Thanks very much, uh, Professor Grumman. Uh, talk about that that sort of dichotomy uh, for African Americans in particular. I mean, uh, having been been raised by a generation of African Americans who. Uh, grew up in the 50s and and 60s. I know I've heard them talk about those times at times as though they were better, that uh, as though they were more uh, cohesive or, or there was a better sense of community among African Americans. And of course, I've also heard them talk about how awful it was for that, that uh, African Americans did not have the same rights that they have now, did not have the same rights as white citizens. There was immense struggle and pain and, and tragedy surrounding the, the, the fight for civil rights. It does seem like uh, what Donald Trump is saying, make America great again, uh, has, has a potential for a dual resonance even with, with African Americans. Yeah, I, I don't think it will have that resonance. In fact, from my perspective, uh, it's one of the responses to exclusion and segregation had been indeed making a positive out of a negative. Right. Uh, that exclusion led to uh, self-reliant communities that could not expect assistance from government and and being I held think, back by government in fact I mean left out of lots of opportunity I mean you think of the Federal Housing Act for instance which built most of the suburbs here in Metro Detroit African Americans were not permitted to take part in that absolutely so the response in the end has been had been always to rely upon oneself yeah. as a community right right and and so because those two things are tied together the exclusion and the sort of strength of uh, the, the the segregated community a, a phrase like make america great again doesn't doesn't have potential for great appeal there no, I think that it, it may create a wistfulness for the community that's been uh, that's been changed, certainly, but I don't think that uh, there are very many African Americans who want to return yeah. to the pre-civil rights era. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, I'm going to continue my conversation with Professor Mark Kruman when we get back. Uh, but stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019. Make America great again. What does that mean to you? What do you think that means to people of different ethnic backgrounds and histories here in the United States? Ed and Warren, Peter in Detroit, stay on the line. We'll get to you and others. Call us up and join 313-577-1019. Stay with us on Detroit Today. News. Culture. Community. Every day. On 1019 WDET. A different kind of public radio.
You are listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. Uh, my guest is Mark Crewman. He's a professor of history with a specialization in American history and the history of citizenship at Wayne State University, also director of the Center for the Study of Senate Citizenship at Wayne State University. We are talking about Make America Great Again, Donald Trump's presidential campaign slogan. Uh, what does that mean when he says it? What does it mean when you hear it? What does it mean to people of different histories and different ethnic backgrounds here in the United States? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. Let's start with uh, Lee in Livonia. Lee, welcome hey. to the debate today. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I, my, my comment is, you know, I, I think that the most of the media and and everything that you're hearing about Trump and his policy on immigration and the wall and you know I don't I, don't, I think it's all being taken out of context and at the same time you know I, I've seen Hillary Clinton say the same things but as of late she's not saying it but people aren't recognizing the fact that she has said the exact same thing that Trump has said but nobody's bringing this to the surface it's well, all attacking Trump give me an example of that Lee well, you look it up, and she has also said that we have to stop the illegal immigration. We have to stop the the mass flow of people. We have to do vetting of, of immigrants to ensure that they're uh, up to the par, up to the par of the, the rest of society, and that they're not coming here with ill intent. Well, and you think that's the same thing as saying build a wall along the Mexican border or let's not, let's not allow anyone uh, whose religion is, is Islam into the country? Oh, I, 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 like, again, I think everybody's taking it all out of context. And it's just, well, what's it's the like context for that? I would because, love to hear the context for that. Well, if, if you look it up, it's, it's very, very easy to look up that... Hillary Clinton has said the exact same things that Trump has said, but nobody's bringing it up. Well, and when I say the exact same. If thing, you could, if you could find a site of her talking about a wall or keeping Muslims out of the country, I would love for you to send that to me. Email. I'll, I'll be glad to. Send All right, it to you. excellent. I will look forward to that, Lee. Thanks very much for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Peter in Detroit. Peter, welcome to Detroit today. Oh, thank you, Stephen. And uh, I would like to disclose right up front, I've had a class or two with Dr. Crewman. Oh, there you go. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a good and grade, Peter? <laughs> how's that? Did you get a good grade in the class? I did. <laughs> uh, there for you the go. Most part. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that Dr. Crewman could tell you, because he is a colonialist, is that this country has been great from the beginning. It really has. But it has always been on the cusp of being greater. At the very beginning, when they were writing the Constitution, you know, there was a debate about uh, uh, eliminating slavery. Right. Because how are we going to have this, this uh, nation built on, on individual liberty and then have slavery? And uh, as uh, uh, a colleague of his, Gary Nash, put it in one of his books, they basically chumped out. <laughs> and they just, they just, they just, they punted. Right. And they kept doing that. Well, the southern states were were very reluctant to to join the union if they were, slavery but as Dr. was going to be. Pointed yeah. out they were in no position to call the shots, and the northern states let them do it, and yeah. they let them get away with it. But here's the thing: all throughout that, you know, there were times when we had opportunity to be greater, 
and great things still happen. Uh, uh, in one of Dr. Kruman's classes, I had read a book called A Midwife's Tale. By, uh, it was about a, uh, a midwife named Florence Ballard who lived in Kennebunk up in somewhere in New England. And women had no rights whatsoever. But in that, she became the leader of a community of midwives who were making people's lives better. And that happened despite everything that was going on. Right. Look at what goes on. What go, you know, here in Detroit, Motown music as we know it, Motown happens because of segregation. Yeah. Now, not saying that, oh, it's great we had it, but if we didn't, it would have been different. We probably still would have had a great music community here, but it would have been different. And so we've always taken what, what, what could have been greater and still made something decent. Yeah. Now, that's not the same as what you have Donald Trump saying. That, don't hold your breath waiting on Lee's email because he's not going to be able to find what he's saying. <laughs> right. No, I don't, don't know what he was breath. talking about. But, but what, the, what Donald Trump is saying, and, and at times he says it out right, and I don't know how people are missing it, make America great again. He's saying make America great for white men again. Yeah. Because that's what he means when he says we got to get rid of political. I mean, I think correctness. there's no question that uh, that's what a lot of people are hearing, but a lot of people are are insisting. I think that that's not the message. I mean, that that, that the message is some pure sort of nostalgia for American, you know, economic or manufacturing greatness. Nobody took jobs from us. We right. gave those jobs away because we could find that we could make more money if we did that. Right. That's and true. so it's it's you know when, when companies Henry Ford, because of racism, hired all convinced all these poor white people and poor black people to come up here and get jobs. And he said, you know what? If I pay these people enough money to buy my product, I'll get rich. Right. And he did. But later, people decided, well, if we give those jobs to people that were paying a dollar a day. We'll get even richer. Right. And so that no one came and took that from us. We did that to ourselves. And if we want to make ourselves greater, <laughs> then we have to find a way to decide that we yeah. want to do something different. Yeah. Peter, thanks as always uh, for the call. Great points. Uh, let's go to Scott in Lake Orion. Scott, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Uh-huh. Uh, your previous caller nailed a lot of the points that, that I was thinking about. I mean, uh, in terms of an economic message, I don't think Trump has much credibility because he's been part of this race to the bottom uh, in terms of manufacturing. And I, and I think the focus needs to be on the cultural message, which to me is make America white again. And it's, it's a middle-aged, uh, well, let's say it's make America white Judeo-Christian again. <laughs> um, and as a middle-aged white Christian male, uh, I, I find that message to be completely repellent and in absolutely the wrong direction. Right, but you but you you hear that clearly in what he's a- saying. Absolutely, and and unfortunately, I I, uh, I, I had the misfortune to, to look at some of these sites that Trump supporters flock to, and when you read the the hatred just spewing from these people. Um, as a history buff, it, it, it reminds me of the things I read with, with uh, you know, 1930s Germany and people like Goebbels stirring up all this propaganda, these false stories to uh, scapegoat the Jews. Yeah. And, and I feel like that people want to know how Nazi Germany happened. Look in the mirror of America today. It's yeah. happening. Yeah. 
Scott, thank you very much uh, for your call. Uh, I appreciate that. Wally in uh, Orion Tom- Township. Wally, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks. Thanks for your call. Yeah. I really enjoy your uh, program in thank your you. newspaper. Thank you. Uh, articles too. <laughs> uh, you, you know, the thing is, you're talking about make America great. Uh, not even thinking about Trump, but I feel he's a Nazi, like the other guy said. Uh, know your your history of uh, Germany. Uh, but uh, when my wife and I went to college in 1963, she graduated in 63. I started in 63. We were paying at Wayne State 135 dollars a semester. That's the full quarter course, our semester course, uh, and we could afford it. We did make a lot, a lot of money, but we are, are, we are destroying our educational systems from, from, from the public school system all the way through college. When, when, you, when, when my grandkids, I've got 17 of them, are, are coming out of, uh, are going to college, they, they're, they're leaving. Each, each year is about $30,000, dollars sure. plus books, which yeah. are 100 bucks a book. Uh, we're cutting people out from actually having a good education and then we end up getting these ignorant people that think Trump has has a uh, message. Yeah. Uh, we need to get back to in, investing. So in your mind, uh, make America great again means uh, go back to expanding uh, opportunity, educational opportunities. Uh, educational op- opportunities, yeah. uh, so, uh, liberal so, arts. Wally, I just looked up on the Internet, $135 uh, in 1960 equals $1,086 in 2016. So even adjusting for inflation, we're talking about a huge, huge difference. I mean, uh, no one is paying $1,000 a semester at Wayne. For all the courses. Yeah, right. Wow. So we'd have a 12 credit hours or 16 credit hours. I can't remember what, yeah. what it was because they switched over to the quarter system after a while when yeah. Wayne State did. <laughs> right. uh, but that was for all the courses. And our books were five, six, five, six bucks. I could work. I could go to school. I could pay for my college. I could get. I got married. And you going, could get ahead. Going, yeah. going to college. I supported the family. Had a house. Kids have a four-year degree now. They aren't sure if they can get, even, they get, can even uh, get work. Married. Yeah. No. Uh, Wally, I appreciate the call. Thanks very much uh, for making those points. Uh, Mark Ruman, I, I want to give you the last word here. We've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, uh, what is the sort of bottom line on this whole make America great again? Well, uh, thank you for the last words. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that it, to some extent we need to place uh, Trump's uh, slogan into a a longer context of a what we might call uh, the American Jeremiah, uh, a a sense of reaching back to both a better time, uh, but also using that as a time of renewal and moving forward. Yeah. Uh, you can go back to Ronald Reagan's eloquent "Morning uh, in America," uh, "Morning in America" yeah. uh, inaugural address, and you can find it in uh, Barack Obama's first inaugural address. Sure, uh, this sense of reaching back to a better time in order to move forward to attain ideals that 
differently framed ideals, but to attain what is perceived as the original American ideals yeah. and to realize them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for that point. That's a, that's a wonderful point to end the show on. Mark Kruman, professor of history at Wayne State University and director of the C- Center for the Study of Citizenship at Wayne State University. Thank you for being here. You're quite welcome. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll see you then. 1019 WDT Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station.